want you to turn this morning uh, to Mark chapter 5, and we're going to do a second message on, on focus. I'm so grateful this morning that we have uh, new leadership. It's a new day in America. Uh, a man who's used his own finances to become the leader of this nation, first of all, is the first time I've ever seen or heard of anybody that would want to be president bad enough that he would use his own money to be elected. Number two, I have been attracted to one thing. He's not going to take a salary for his, the next four years that he serves. He's going to make that as a contribution to America because he wants to see America great again. And then I... Uh, Look out the window of opportunity, and I see that so many that are distracted with the things that they don't like about a man who, uh, first of all, used all of it, used his funds to be elected. Second of all, he's not going to charge us for his service for the next four years. And then I look at a group of enchanted, disenchanted people this morning, and I watched Fox News as they interviewed some people that were doing the. Uh, marching against uh, the new president, and, and they interviewed this person. They said, well, let me ask you this. When a man uh, is surrounding himself with a cabinet he's trying to surround himself with, and I, when he's used his money to be elected, and when he's not going to charge us for four years of his service, what are, would bring you to the place that you want to march against him? What has he taken away from your life? And this person gave this response. Oh, he hasn't taken anything away from us. We're just afraid of what he's going to take away from us. Listen to me. All presidents, no matter what politics you may be following, they're made out of a handful of dirt, just like you and me. And all leadership makes mistakes. But let me tell you what the good book, the B-I-B-L-E says. That's basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. This is what the Bible says. Pray for those in authority. Can I say this? Not only does it say that about the president, but it's, it means the same thing for pastors. And Jared and I need your prayers because we're just a handful of dirt like the rest of you. And the Bible even says this, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. And you know, I found this... I, I've, in fact, I've practiced it, and I've found it to be true. It takes the same amount of, of air to complain as it does to rejoice. Isn't that amazing? Check yourself out. Stand in front of the mirror before the day goes out, and you start complaining about the worst complaint you have at your house. Make sure she's not there. <laughs> or he's not within hearing distance. But then, then just stand at the message and watch the countenance on your face as you say, Lord, I just thank you today because in you I live, move, and have our, my being, and apart from you I'm nothing. I'm nothing today. I'm just a handful of dirt, but I get to choose what grows in the dirt, and so do you. And so today is the greatest day of the rest of our life, and let me just share a goal uh, and a vision that Jared and I both have. I knew when I met this man, that he had E.G. On, stamped on his heart. And when I saw that stamp, God just gave me the assurance that he had answered our prayer. Right. And we have this same common goal. There's a group of young people that are growing up in our community, and the crowds are growing every Wednesday night. But there's a group of young people that's coming from a 
home that's not like yours. It's a, they're coming from dysfunctional homes. And I would, knowing because of spending 50, uh, 57 years in this community, 90 or 95% of the youth that are attending the, the Rock on Wednesday night have parents that go to church nowhere. Our goal is this, and we're asking just simply that you would support us with our goal, dream, and a vision. We want to take the heart of that youth group and plug it into this church. And once a month, we're going to, we're going to allow our youth pastor to stand before this congregation, and we're going to ask God to begin to cycle that youth group, which is running from 50 to 70 kids on Wednesday night and growing. We're going to ask God to give us favor with those kids, and we're going to get them plugged in here for the glory of God. Here's our, put your hands together. It, it's all about God. It's not about us. It's about Jesus. Here's our prayer. We want God to ignite a fire in the young people's life so that they'll go home to a mom and dad that's living a dysfunctional life and say, Mom, Dad, you need to go hear what's going on. You need to come and, come and see a family that loves you no matter where you've been or what you've done. You need to come and sit down at the table and realize that they're human just like we are, other than the fact that they met somebody you need to know, and his name is Jesus. Would you share it? Would you say that would be a decent vision for us today? If you would, just put your hands together and say, yes, I believe in visions. And I've asked permission of uh, Super Bowl Sunday. Our, our youth pastor is going to be bringing the message. We're getting, getting ready. He's doing all the planning. It's so awesome just to, just to dump on him now and then. I believe that's a good idea, Jared, but you just take it and run with it. I tell you, I, he, he takes more than Sherry takes. <laughs> she, takes she says, take this job and <laughs> run with it. <laughs> I ain't working for you. Our goal this morning is to reach those kids, those young people. And, you know, I've watched and I'm watching but you'd be surprised at the change of the countenance on a kid's heart when somebody puts their arm around them. And whether you take the time to realize it or not, what's inside of you is always released when you hug somebody. It sends a message. You're worth it. And that's exactly what Jesus did to all of us when he died on the cross. They had his hands stretched like this on the cross, but in his heart he was doing this. Even to those that nailed him on the tree so that you and I would have the freedom to do this because he saw you and I in the need of a Savior, and he loved us enough to die for us. Focused. Can I ask you this morning, if I could just, if I could just invite you to open your heart's door for the next few moments, and if you would just trust me to see what's going on inside of you today, where your attention is focused, what's really robbing you of living life with an abundance of Jesus? What's really destroying you that you're filled with so much anxiety and frustration that oftentimes you feel yourself depressed 
You feel down and out. You feel like nobody even cares. Sometimes not even the one that took you for better or for worse. If you would just allow me that privilege this morning, I'd like to walk into your heart for the next few moments and ask you, where is your focus? And we're going to ask God to help us. Father, I'm nothing today, but you're everything. But you've touched my life. And even though I'm just a handful of dirt, there's a life and a breath that I breathe called the breath of life. And I ask you this morning to help me to stay focused on the words that you would have us to say. And Lord, these are quality moments, and I want to speak quality words. Lord, the words that you spoke when you walked planet earth they were filled with spirit and they were filled with life and it wasn't a humdrum dry message it was something that would elevate people from where they're at to where you wanted them to be it gave them a hope beyond the veil of tears it gave them the assurance that you were for them and not against them and may those same words be filled with love and compassion as we unveil the scripture that you've given for us today and all the praise and advance goes to you for the great things you've done and the great things you have in store in jesus name and all that God's family said, amen. amen. Looking to the scripture found in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34, I'd like to read those with you today. If you have your Bible, if you don't, it may be on the overhead. And, uh, and we just want to ask you to realize one thing as we start this morning. Your spirit is the soil of your life. And there's, Jared brought a message a few weeks ago on the four kinds of soil. And the Word of God is sown into your life. And, and the Bible wants you, to have, wants you to know that you have good soil inside of you. And you have the ability to take the Word that's ministered and allow it to grow. That will develop you into a person that you want to be. That you'll be a, a true follower of Jesus. That you'll be able to do the things that Jesus did when He walked planet Earth. So as I sow the precious Word of God into good soil this morning, let us read. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, and had suffered many things from many physicians, but, and she had spent all she had and was... What? No better. No better. You're going to help me this morning with this message. Notice where she's at. She was a sick lady. An issue of blood for 12 years suffered many things, went to the best of doctors, but was no better. But rather, everybody get with me now, she was no better, but she wasn't even maintaining, she had grown worse. Are you getting the picture? When she, oh come on, come on, come on, when she heard, about Jesus. She came behind him in the crowd that and touched his garment, and this is what she said. If only I can... Oh, come on, come on. If only I can... She didn't say, if only I can scream loud enough, if only I can say amen loud enough, if only I can just be Pentecostal enough, if only I can just yell, yell the crowd. No, 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 she's not even there. She said, she said, 
Who's, who's she talking to when the crowds are roaring and when no, nobody even knows that she's in the crowd? Who's she talking to? She's talking to herself. It's no sin to talk to yourself. David encouraged himself in the Lord. She said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made. If only I can just touch his clothes, I shall be, not maybe, I shall be made well. Verse 29, and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she, in her body, that she was of her and Jesus immediately knowing himself that power had turned around to the crowd and said who 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 touched my clothes notice notice who notice notice who who responds Oh, my goodness, what's wrong with you, Jesus? What, what did you have for breakfast? Master, you see the multitude that's pushing and touching, and, and you say, what is wrong with you, Master? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him, oh, come on. How many besides a pastor have been guilty of just telling? You can fill in the blank. Just go ahead and fill in the blank. She told him, the whole truth. I, I like this story. Yeah. I, 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 there, it, this does something to me every time that there's just some uh, a revelation that jumps out at me that I didn't get the last time I was here. But I see this lady. I, I mean, you know, it would be it's one thing to be sick. We've all been we've all been attacked in our body when we just didn't. We just would like to pull the covers up over our head and tell the Lord we don't exist today. Leave me alone. This lady not only was sick, she was broke. Medicare, Medicaid, and all, everything was available today. She said, we're not touching that anymore. But here's the point I want to leave with you this morning. It's in difficult times that our focus is checked. This lady knew she had an issue of blood. She knew she could tell the story better than anybody. She had been sick for 12 years. Under the law of those days, she wasn't even to mix and mingle with the, the crowds. But that day was different. 
That day, that day she, there had been something that she had heard about Jesus. She had heard the good news that was almost too good to be true. And she knew that there would be a great following of Jesus, many, many, to, so they could ridicule him and others that they could receive from him. But this day was different. She said to herself, if I... I know I'm broke. I don't have any money. I know I've been dealing with this for 12 years, but I'm just not going to throw in the towel and give up. I've got, I've got a dream. I'm going to dream. I've been dreaming for 12 years, but I heard about Jesus yesterday, and I can't remember who told me about Jesus, but what I heard about Jesus came home to me, and I'm going to find him. I'm going to follow him, and I'm going to get as close as I can to him. And I can see this lady. She may be weak, but she's crowded. Pardon me. Pardon Pardon me. I'm sorry. Pardon me. Pardon me. Pardon me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And finally she gets to Jesus and she touches the hem of his garment. She didn't let what was in front of her. She didn't let her obstacles keep her from Jesus. She didn't make excuses because she had been sick. She didn't go to the Red Cross and see if she could have help. I have no problem with all of this. Listen to me. She knew the point that she had to reach for her dream to come true. And it was just simply touching the hem of Jesus. And Jesus, hallelujah. And Jesus, I love Jesus' response. He didn't say, who in the thunder messed me up? He didn't turn around and say, what church do you belong to? He didn't even ask her if she had been baptized in water. He didn't ask her if he, she knew the 25 fundamentals of the doctrines of the Bible. He just said these words, who touched me? Who touched me? Can I say this this morning? He's still looking for people that may be sick physically, sick financially, or sick spiritually that will just get in their spirit, if I could but just touch the Lord, if the tenacity of their life will just come to the point, they will not let people stand in front of them or get in their way, but they'll have the same spirit that rose within this lady that had been 12 years afflicted. Spent all she had had. In today's society, I could hear her say, don't go to Dr. So-and-so. He charged me and look at me. Don't go to that clinic. They did me no good. I got worse after I walked there. She didn't have the breath to waste. She had heard the good news about Jesus. Can I tell you this morning, you don't know who's listening and you don't know who's watching. But there's nothing that you can talk about that's more real, that can be more beneficial to your circle that you talk to than talking about the goodness of Jesus. His mercy endures forever. As far as the east is from the west, he forgives us of all our transgressions. And I'm just like you. When I'm sick, I want to say, leave me alone. And I don't get sick very often. I am so blessed. Prosperity isn't wrapped up in dollars and cents. Prosperity is wrapped up in the fact that, and could I just brag on Jesus a little bit this morning? I'm not on any medication, even though I think some of you probably think I should be. <laughs> I don't take high blood pressure. I just get excited. <laughs> you know, I have so, I, this is, pro, I'm, 
And Joshua 1.8 says, This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, but I'll meditate therein day and night to do according to all that is written therein. Then I can make my way prosperous, and then I can have good success. And listen to me. If you are on medication this morning, don't let the enemy throw you under the bus. If I needed medication, if I needed an anison to make me feel good, I don't care if healing comes through an anison. I'd take it. Listen, listen. And you go to the doctor and he says, you, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this, and you need to leave the angel food cake off. And I say, I believe I'm at the wrong doctor. <laughs> He's not telling me that to cheat me. He's looking on the inside of me. And while man looks on the outwards, outside, the physician is looking on the inside. And do you know this morning we have a great physician? His name is Jesus. His name is Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And he said, I'll never leave you for, nor forsake you. And in our lowest moment, in our moment when we're suffering spiritually, physically, and financially, when we're destitute, when we spent all we had and the investments have gone south, when we did everything we could and our, and our greatest friend walks out on us. We have a great physician, and he's touched by the feeling of my infirmities today, and he knows what, exactly what I have need of, and the prescription is already written in the Bible. And here's what he says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Staying focused may not be comfortable at times. I was thinking as I was preparing for the message about some parents that had a baby that was born and, it's, and it's the, the, the deformity was in its legs and they took it to the doctor and the doctors realized that the legs were not developing right. So the pediatrician told his parents that their son needed to wear a leg brace which would help the positioning of the legs and the feet to grow properly. And the parents wanted to do the right thing for their son, but were watched the miserable events that followed the doctor's orders. The bar that held the little boy's feet and legs completely straight and unbendable. And each night when the parents would put the little guy in the brace and put him into bed, he would cry from the discomfort and from the dislike of that brace that was holding his legs straight. Little by little and surely by surely, the hurt that the parents felt that they were treating him wrongly and possibly even it caused them to love him more and many times wanted to impress on them maybe what they were doing was not fair. The mother at times was tempted to take the, the bar off, but resisted because she felt in her heart that she was doing the right thing because the doctor had told her so. As difficult as the time was, the doctor, the mother, the father did what they did because of the concern that they had for the future and well-being of the years down the road for, for this little fella. And they were willing to sacrifice convenience now for a better life later. Listen to me this morning. No matter what you're going through, it may be inconvenient for you, and what you're going through may be hurting, but God, for your future, for your better half, wants to walk into your life and make some corrections in all of our life because He sees beyond the hurts of today and the, beyond the pain that we go through many times and the discomfort of those days. Does, the enemy does everything he can to take our focus off of the great physician. 
He'll do everything you can. Even Job in the days, I mean, he was a wealthy man, had an awesome family. I mean, even the world knew he was awesome. One day he lost it all. His wealth was gone. His kids were killed in a tornado. Even his wife looks at him one day. He's lost his health, probably as healthy as I was. And one day he woke up and he had boils from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. And believe you me, growing up as a little lad in the late 40s, I know what boils look like because I had a few. And they hurt. They would grow up. They were like a, a, a pimple that was about 100 times bigger than a pimple is on you today. And they would head out and they would pus. And after they got so ripe, then you would squeeze the, the infection out of them. And you would scream as a kid to high heavens as you were releasing the poison that would grow. And accumulate in a boil. Imagine Job sitting in a, pat, a pile of ashes, taking a taking a a piece of a bark of a tree and scraping the boil, heads off of those boils. And his wife walks up to him. Wealth is gone. Kids are gone. No future grandkids. She says, "Job, why don't you just curse God and die?" I'm glad I wasn't Job that day. I might have taken her counsel, but Job never lost his focus, and he said these words, and they're recorded in the Bible for you and me, so when we're going through difficult times, we can reflect on somebody that passed the test when normally I could have failed. And this is Job's response to the lady that had taken him for better or for worse. Honey, though God slay me, I'm going to trust him. Amen. I know he's got a plan. He's, he's a man with the plan. I'm going to trust him. And in the days ahead, his friends came by and said, Job, God would never put this on anybody unless they had hidden sin in their life. You've got something hidden in your life, and you're being punished because God's, going to, God's, God's taking care of it. He's, he's dealing with you, Job. And all of this, Job kept his focus. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I'm going to talk to you. Maybe it's just talking to myself. There are days when the enemy will come in like a flood to try to steal your focus. He don't want you looking unto Jesus because the Bible says he's the author, the finisher of our faith. He's one who's touched by the, our, the feeling of our infirmities. He knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly what we're being challenged with. But let me say this. His prescription is he's not slack concerning his promises as some men count slackness. But he's long-suffering. He's willing that none should perish, but that all should get well. Friend, I don't care what you're going through this morning. Stay focused. Stay focused on what God has to say. Let his word be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your pathway. And if the sin tries to come in that maybe has overwhelmed you in all your life, maybe you've gone through difficult times, maybe, maybe you've been an immoral person, maybe immorality is just eating you up from the inside out. Let me say this, Jesus met a lady at the well just like you. And he ministered the medication that she needed from his words. And she made a missionary. She went to town and she said, come to the well. Come see a man that told me all I've ever done. And I could hear the religious crowd, oh boy, she's met another man. Oh, she had met the great physician. Listen, it doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. 
What I want to ask you this morning is, where's your focus at today? What are you looking at? What's, what has sidetracked your, uh, what you, your focus? What has sidetracked you to the fact that it could cost you everything? Sin will always take you further than you want to go. It'll always cost you more than you want to pay, and it'll always keep you longer than you want to stay. Focusing on God is everything. This lady, when she realized that Jesus had her number, he knew that she she had touched the hem of his garment, and he asked his question, Who touched me? Fear and trembling came over this lady, knowing that Jesus knew she had touched him. I love this. She fell at his feet. Let me talk to you about that picture. It's the picture of submission. She fell on her knees before Jesus. Jesus knew. He could have picked her out of the crowd. He didn't do that. He wanted her to acknowledge, I'm the one. She fell at his feet and told him the whole truth. I'm going to say this as your pastor. And I want you to know that every one of us need to entertain the thought of submitting submitting to the lordship of Jesus Christ. He already knows the whole story. He already knows. He saw your finish before he ever allowed your parents to conceive you. And he said, you're worth it. But along the journey, sometimes we shut up our bowels of compassion. Sometimes we shut up the tank of love. And sometimes we shut off people that want to love us and help us. I feel like in my own life, in order to be everything that God wants me to be, I prayed, and I'm continuing to pray, but I prayed that God would send somebody along to help in the ministry of this church that I would have the trust in that I could submit myself to him because, let me say this, nobody's right all the time. In fact, let's just do a little course with that right now. Nobody. Oh, come on. I want you to sing it with me. Nobody's right all the time. I've seen many lips that weren't moving. I'll take my glasses off. Let's do that again. Nobody's right all the time. You're good. You're good. I mentioned to... I mentioned to... Laddie and Sandy's son this morning, he said, why don't you join us and help us sing? And I said, my singing is sounding better in the shower than it does anywhere else anymore. He said, that's no problem. We'll just fill the baptistry for you. <laughs> that boy's got the answer. Stan, you're the man. Be careful what you say around here. I have submitted myself our youth pastor. And here's what I said. God has sent you here, and we're in this together. And there's no big eyes on little U's. We're both pastors. And if you see anything in my life that needs some correction, I submit to you. Just because I've been in the ministry 52 years doesn't mean I'm perfect. I'm not a saint. I'm a child of God that has a desire to serve Jesus and to let my life be full of Jesus so I'll have something to talk about that will reach people like the lady with the issue of blood. 
and the day that I can't stand and be filled with excitement and the joy of the Lord be my strength and the anointing of the fire consumed in my life. I want you to just say, I believe it's your time to go. Don't laugh now. Look me in the eye. <laughs> it's fun serving Jesus. Can I say this? Nobody's a threat to you. What are you sweating? You know the job that God gives you is a job that you're tailored for? And you know what? I've always noticed when God opens the door, get ready. He's going to stretch you. Do we like stretch marks? Ladies, do you like stretch marks? I'm glad I'll never have any stretch marks to show in my body. But believe you me, there's stretch marks in the Spirit. And I want to say this this morning. I'm pregnant with God's Word today. This will be a year, not just for this church, but this will be a year for our our country. I've heard God. I've heard the name Jesus. I've heard more about Jesus in the last 72 hours than I've heard in many a year. And it's coming from mouths that I didn't even know that they knew how to talk about Jesus. And I'm so thrilled. I'm thrilled today that Jesus is more than a swear word. This year will be a year of jubilee. If you're saddled with debt today, I want you to have a focus on one who's Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. And I don't know how he'll get you out of debt, but I just want you to stay focused. The Bible says we're to be the lender and not the borrower. Because the borrower is always a slave to the lender. And I don't want you to be a slave. I want you to be a lender so I can send Jared to your house and say, this is what we need. (laughs) I will never do that. I do not believe in taking pledges. We've got this dream for this youth center. How many will pledge $100 a month for the next five years? That's called slavery. (laughs) I don't believe in slavery. The Bible says give as God would would quicken you to give. And he's not really interested in what's in your pocketbook this morning. He's interested in what's in your heart. And when he's got your heart, he's got your billfold. He's an awesome God. How did I get sidetracked on that? I'm here to encourage you this morning. Things that we go through many times. Pride tries to move in to a room in our life called denial. We're all alike in one area. We are all human beings, and we don't like to admit that we have problems, but we all do. We're all in trouble at certain times of our life, and boy, we do everything we can to show the home runs. We don't want anybody to know that we've ever struck out. We have no control over our situation. We feel helpless, but we're not going to admit, or we're not going to show any sign of weakness. Number three, this should not be happening to me. What, Lord, what have I done to bring, to, to bring this on me? Number four, what have I done to deserve what I'm going to? God, have I failed you in some way, form, or fashion? Number five, what are people going to think when they hear 
about this. Friend, your future doesn't rest on what other people think. Our future rests in what God has to say about your situation. So stay focused on what he has to say, not what man has to say. No matter what you're going through this morning, God cares. He cares about you. You know, I, I think about the times my kids have gotten in trouble at school. And there's not a father in this building if you love your kids or, or aren't going to go to bat for your kids. And I learned early in life, go to, go to the school and make sure this, that, the, that the stories coincide with each other. Because I could tell two stories when I was in school. And my dad put the fear of God in me early in life when I would come home with a story and I felt like I'd been mistreated. Well, here's what he'd say. Son, you better be telling me the truth because tomorrow I'm going to find out if you have or not. Woo! I learned early in life, just tell the whole truth. God knows about the whole truth in our life. And he gives us instructions as to what to do. And in the journey of life, we all need instruction. As a pastor, I need instruction as, as a husband. I need instruction as, as a, a granddad, as a figure in the community. I, I need instruction. But God wants to give us instruction like this. Give me your undivided attention and focus on me because not only am I the way, I'm the truth. And as the David said, Psalmist David says, I'll be a lamp unto your feet and a light to your pathway. Yes. A famous general called General Douglas MacArthur was meeting his foe, a Japanese general. The meeting was set up for the Japanese general to officially surrender to the United States. That general stuck out his hand on the morning that he was to relinquish his control and that the war would be over between the United States and Japan. And as the general from Japan stuck out his hand to shake General MacArthur's hand, General MacArthur said, I can't shake your hand, sir, until you first surrender your sword. And we can't be friends as long as that sword is hanging on your side. Give me the sword, and then we'll shake hands. Maybe you're not like me, but there was years that I wanted to shake God's hand but I didn't want to give up the sword, call my will. I wanted to be a friend of God, but I still wanted to do my thing. But there comes a time in all of our life where we must surrender our will to the Lord Jesus Christ. There comes a day when it's an unclouded day. The glory of His presence is shining upon us. Maybe issues worse than an issue of blood. Maybe worse than financial situation. Maybe worse than a wayward child that's made some decisions and has broken your heart. But you come boldly to the throne of grace. 
because his word says that's a privilege you have as being one of his kids. And you say this prayer. I'm taking the sword out of, the, of its holder this morning. And I'm like giving it to you, Lord. And I'm surrendering my will to you so we can be in fellowship with each other for the rest of our life. Today is a day of soul searching. I'd rather tell you the truth and walk out of here and, and never get to come back to this pulpit and to be able to say, if you hadn't surrendered, you will. He can't walk into your life and accomplish everything that you're, you're capable of doing until you say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. And I follow the example that Jesus set before us before I close the word this morning and turn the service to our awesome youth pastor, Jesus, as he spent time in prayer, knowing the agony that the cross had to offer on his knees in submission to his Father. He prayed this prayer, Lord, or Father, if it be possible, if it be possible, take this bitter cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Are you here this morning? Are you here this morning? Are you hearing me this morning? God wants full control. He wants your will. He wants to direct you. He wants to allow your life to, to become everything that His Word says it becomes. So you can do everything that His Word says it can, you can do. And so you can have everything that His Word says is yours. It's all yours this morning. Bow your head this morning as Jared comes to take the service. God bless you. We love you this morning. We want God's best for your life today. Father, we come before you today, and God, what a, what a word, what a challenge has been laid before us today. And God, may we not walk out of here lightly. May we not just lay the challenge on the seat beside us and not really take a, a full advantage of this moment of what you're trying to speak into our heart and into our life. But God, may we pick up your mantle. God, may we understand. God, may we sense what it is that you're trying to speak into our heart and to our life today. And Father, may our focus, God, may, may our focus shift today. God, may our focus shift from, from our hurt and our pain and our struggle. And God, may our focus shift from, from our sin and our, our waywardness, God, to a hope, to a peace, to a joy that we can have in you. So Father, we ask this today in Jesus' name.